This is Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Information without understanding is not very helpful. Talk with the doctor and feel like you're talking to a friend. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope you all are having a fabulous morning. You are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa. Hope you all are having a great day. Once again, it's Thursday, my favorite day of the week. And I'm having a little feedback here, so I'm going to turn my phone down. There we go. All righty. So as we do every week, let's start our show with our shout outs. Shout outs to my number one fan. Hey, mom, I hope you are having a terrific morning today. Shout out to family in Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Houston, Texas, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Charlotte, North Carolina, Ladson, South Carolina, Macon, Georgia, Pensacola, Florida, Center, Alabama, Chesapeake, Virginia, Seattle, Washington, Washington, D.C., Centerville, Virginia, Columbia, South Carolina, Phoenix, Arizona, San Antonio, Texas, Fayetteville, North Carolina, Opelika, Alabama, Lusby, Maryland, Newport News, Virginia, Temecula, California, Cedar Bluff, Alabama, College Park, Georgia, Hobbs, New Mexico, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Oxford, North Carolina, Woodbridge, Virginia, Gadsden, South, excuse me, Alabama, Hampton, Virginia, Columbus, Georgia, Memphis, Tennessee, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, Baltimore, Maryland, Belize City, Belize, and Greenwood, Mississippi. Good morning to you all. Thank you so much for listening every week. And if you want to tell me where you are listening from, you can drop a line on our Facebook page. Uh, We are broadcasting live on our Facebook page right now. So tell me where you are listening from, and I will shout your city out next week. As I said, we are broadcasting live from our studios here in Atlanta, Georgia, WWE Real 1100 AM uh, here in Atlanta. You can also stream this show on www.real1100.com and you can watch us live on Facebook. We are streaming on the Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa fa- uh, Facebook page and also on the Old Fashioned Health Network Facebook page. You can catch the rebroadcast of this show at any time that you like through our Facebook page. Please tell uh, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a coworker, tell whomever you want to tell random people about our show and tell them to tune in and watch. You can also find us on YouTube, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We are a proud part of two radio networks. We are proud part of the Old Fashioned Health Network and also a part of the 22.3 Takeover Vegas Radio family. This show broadcasts Uh, as I said, live from Atlanta on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we also broadcast out of Las Vegas on Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can follow us on social media. Please do. Our Facebook is Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa on Instagram at Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa and on Twitter at Minutes Doctor. We have over a thousand Facebook followers and we are always looking for more people to come and join our little family here. So please uh, support us on social media. 
So, your favorite health and wellness radio show and host, that's this one and me, has been nominated for some awards. We will be um, participating in the third annual radio awards presented by 22.3 Takeover Vegas Radio. Uh, And the awards ceremony is in April. We are nominated for Favorite Talk Show, People's Choice Award, Radio Personality of the Year, the Lit Award, Best New Radio Personality, Team Spirit Award, Sexiest Radio Voice, and Favorite Variety Show. You can support Support my efforts uh, by texting Carissa, C-A-R-I-S-A, to 702-872-1080. You can vote as many times as you like. Vote often. So as I said, that award ceremony is in April. And so I will um, be hopefully be attending the award ceremony um, in Las Vegas. And so hopefully maybe I'll do a little broadcast or something uh, from there. All righty, moving into our COVID update. Worldwide, we are at 33.2, excuse me, 332.6 million cases uh, resulting, this is worldwide, uh, resulting in 5.6 million deaths, unfortunately. Uh, And here in the United States, we are currently at 66.3 million cases, uh, which have resulted in an unfortunate 846.6 thousand deaths. Uh, News from around the world as it pertains to COVID. So um, I'm sure you all have um, maybe heard about what happened in Australia with the number one ranked tennis player Novak Djokovic. Uh, which uh, he was deported actually from Australia just prior to the start of the Australian Open Tennis Tournament uh, for violating the country's uh, entry policies uh, at the border. So Australia says that um, you, quote unquote, and this is a quote from their health minister, uh, you either have to be vaccinated or you have to have a valid medical exemption and show evidence of it, end quote. And apparently Mr. Djokovic had had a prior COVID infection, um, but that was not considered a valid medical exemption uh, under their their rules and regulations. Going further, it appears that Mr. Djokovic may not be allowed to participate in the upcoming French Open um, as France has recently passed legislation mandating a vaccine pass in order to enter the country and or participate uh, in public events and access public spaces. Um, So you'll remember a few weeks ago we reported that France was taking note, excuse me, taking a vote on legislation that mandated vaccination um, not Uh, previous proof of infection, um, but vaccination only um, in order to participate in social events and to access public spaces, restaurants, bars, public transportation, um, things of that nature. Well, at that time, two weeks ago, they were debating it. And apparently that legislation has just passed uh, in their parliament on this past Sunday. Um, So I think that there are some other steps that that has to take um, in order to become law law. But apparently there is enough fervor uh, for that. And, you know, it is expected to um, to be enacted into law in France. Um, And so even further, further than that for Mr. Djokovic, um, apparently uh, given the vaccine requirements here in the United States, he may not. Uh, be granted entry to compete in the U.S. Open, which happens later in the summer. And and all of these things are predicated upon his choice uh, to be vaccinated or to remain unvaccinated. Um, you know, that is that is up to him. Uh, lastly, in our worldwide COVID news, and this was reported from Newsweek magazine, A folk singer from the Czech Republic has died from complications of COVID after deliberately uh, contracting the virus. Uh, Ms. Hannah Horka, age 57, died this past Sunday after voluntarily exposing herself to the SARS-CoV-2 virus, the virus that causes COVID-19, in order to obtain a health pass that would have allowed her access to public spaces. 
So apparently in the Czech Republic, proof of vaccination or proof of recent infection is required in order to access cultural and sports facilities, restaurants, travel, that kind of thing. And so uh, the singer's husband and adult son had contracted COVID um, over the Christmas holidays, despite being vaccinated. Uh, and Ms. Horka deliberately kept in close contact with them, according to her adult son. Uh, on her social media, she had claimed that she was intentionally uh, contracted the virus. And she also frequently shared uh, anti-vax uh, sentiment on her social media pages. Uh, so, you know, that is an unfortunate, um, an unfortunate um, situation there. And, of course, our condolences uh, go out to her family. Um, so, you know, I shared that, you know, not to try and shame Ms. Horker or anything like that or to shame Mr. Mr. Djokovic, um, but just to highlight that, you know, you of course, are free to make whatever choice you choose to um, about your health and about how you navigate uh, in these COVID streets nowadays, um, but you are not free from the consequences of those choices. And, you know, it always just makes me sad whenever I see someone paying the ultimate consequence um, as a result of, of getting involved with COVID. So I'm going to take this time um, to once again encourage everyone to be vaccinated, to continue to wear your mask, uh, and to social distance uh, where that is possible and appropriate. We're going to take a little break, um, but before we go, this segment has been brought to you by Freeman Moore Medical Associates, your premier disability uh, service, consultation service, excuse me. Uh, you can reach them at www.freemanmoremedical.com. This is Dr. Carissa Hines. You are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and we'll be right back after a short break. Just for Pets Wellness Center reminds old-fashioned health listeners and pet owners to never leave pets unattended inside a parked vehicle, not even for a quick errand. Temperatures can rise to dangerous levels fast. Visit our website for more information at www.just4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about Enmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America. Hi there, healthy people. Do you have a healthy product or service? If you are a certified medical professional, fitness trainer, author, or chef, Old Fashioned Health would love to promote your services or product on the Old Fashioned Health radio show. Please reach out to us. Call 404-793-3960 or email us at oldfashionedhealth at gmail.com. You can also contact us at oldfashionedhealth.com. Old Fashioned Health, good health inside and out. Thinking of a master plan Cause ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand So I dig into my pocket all my money spent So I get deep up, still coming up with lint So I start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how could I get some dead presidents I need money I used to be a stick up kid So I think of all the devious things I did I used to roll up, this is a hole up Ain't nothing funny, stop smiling You still don't nothing move but the money But now I learn to earn cause I'm righteous I feel great, so maybe I might just search for a nine to five. If I strive, then maybe I stay alive. So I walk up the street whistling this. Good morning, good morning. You are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. So um, as if you've been listening this month, you know that we have been focusing our shows this month on self-care. Um, and today we have our friend, Mr. Brian Ford from Northwestern Mutual to talk with us about financial self-care. Yes, that is a thing. 
And Ms. Rebecca Lake reports in The Balance, quote, practicing financial self-care means developing habits that work for you and reflect what you're trying to achieve with your money, end quote. So self-care, you know, I'm finding this topic extremely fascinating and looking forward to expanding um, our presentations on self-care throughout the year, not just this month. Um, And I'm really fascinated with it because I'm finding it to be just an all-encompassing process that is extending beyond mental, emotional, and physical health. Um, Instilling positive money habits is just as important. So... We welcome back into the new year, our first show, with Mr. Brian Ford of Northwestern Mutual. Mr. Ford. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? And I know I've said this to you already, but I'll say it officially. Happy New Year to you and to our friends at Northwestern Mutual. Same, same, same. All righty. So let's start talking about financial self-care which is, you know, I didn't know that it was a thing. And then I thought, I was like, well, is this a thing? Yes, it's a thing. So what are, like, what is financial self-care? Um, it's a few things. Okay. So starting off is really taking inventory of your finances. So, you know, with a microscope, just looking at your balance sheet, what are all the assets that you own? real estate, investment accounts, retirement accounts, cash on hand, et cetera. Um, And then also looking at any liabilities that you may have as well, whether that be mortgages, student loans, uh, auto loans. Um, One other thing that we're seeing because of COVID is the emergence of medical bills popping up. Mm. So just understanding all of that stuff. Um, understanding your spending plan, AKA a budget. So what, what are you doing with the extra money? Um, and then there's, you know, looking at your credit, what, what's on there, what should be on there, what shouldn't be on there and just understanding that as well. Excellent. And what are some positive money habits? Because, you know, whenever we're talking about money, we're always talking about, um, or we're always considering how we misuse it, right? Um, and so when I was researching the topic for today, I came across the, that phrase, positive money habits, and I found that very, very intriguing. So can you tell us some examples of positive money habits? Yes, and a lot of this stuff are things that we've probably heard multiple times throughout the years, but mm-hmm. repetition is the mother of learning. Exactly. And so, um, Purses just spending less than the income that you have coming in is is really hard to get ahead financially if you're overspending. Um, aside from that, investing in things that you know and you understand. A lot of times, people get themselves into trouble when they want to go find the sexy, exotic thing that no one else knows about. When a lot of times it's just a lot of smoking mirrors. Mm-hmm. And then also, I would add to that, uh, hoping for the best but planning for the worst. Mm. You know, unfortunately, life has a funny way of throwing curveballs and a lot of times when we least expect it. And so you want to have a, a game plan in place for whenever those curveballs do real their ugly heads. Um, and then lastly, I'd add to that, uh, paying yourself first. You know, a lot of times people get into this vicious cycle of just hemorrhaging out cash to who knows what without paying any attention to just addressing paying themselves. Mm-hmm. If you don't do it, then who will? Right. And that is something that, you know, that paying yourself first is something that is really um, important, but it is is difficult to consider because I think that most of us consider um, paying our bills first. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we consider our savings and that kind of thing is what we do with what's left over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to to reverse that in your mindset um, is, is quite a is quite an exercise. Um, you know, I know for me, it, you know, it took a, it took a while for me to to get that to get that point together um, where, you know, I, I put a little put my stuff aside first and, and budgeted that for, you know, 
my investments, investment account, retirement, you know, all of that. And then, you know, worked with my bills. And so that really kind of helped me to, to frame my budget. So now what are some good strategies um, to start financial wellness? Um, because of course, financial health and wellness do go hand in hand. And this isn't something that um, just happens. It is like with like most habits um, requires some practice and, and development, much like a muscle. Absolutely. So, you know, the greatest athletes in the world have coaches. Mm. And no different. So if you want to get ahead of all of this stuff, you should partner with a coach um, in, in your financial life. And typically that looks like, you know, someone like myself, like an advisor in some capacity. And in conjunction with that, your accountant is CPA. Mm -hmm. And so you should have relationships with both of them because they'll, they'll make a profound impact over a long period of time of your overall wealth picture, if you will. Um, and as humans, we're creatures of habit. And so part of, you know, my job is to make sure that I'm encouraging you to have really healthy habits and rituals with money. So that way it doesn't seem painful and awkward. It kind of just becomes a way of life and mm -hmm. then you get encouraged. Yeah, I, I noticed that that with with myself, you know, since I, I met you and have been working with you and, you know, for our listeners, full disclosure, Mr. Ford is my wealth advisor. Um which is how we developed this this relationship um, on the show. Um, but I have noticed that myself that, you know, when I am in the habit of what we do, um, you know, with building my accounts and so on and so forth, that, you know, now I don't even I, I barely notice that it that it happens, you know, those deposits. Um, but then I'm always shocked when I look at the result of it. You know, and because I let that happen on a regular basis, um, you know, I see the I see the cumulative effects of it, but I don't feel it as much because, you know, I let that come just right off the top before I, you know, start looking at the mall or what trip I'm getting ready to take. Just let that come off and know that this is what's left and this is what I have to have to work with. And, and you know, and that has been uh, tremendously beneficial. So when you're practicing financial self-care, what would you say would be like the most important concept or, or action that you take um, in practicing financial self-care and financial wellness? Um, I'm gonna say it starts with mindset mm -hmm. and having a mindset that this is a marathon and it's not a sprint. And yeah. so a lot of times when people embark on this journey, they'll start putting some money aside for a short amount of time and want to immediately see some tremendous results. And mm. it doesn't work that way. I mean, it's like, Wouldn't that be nice you, if it did? It, it'd be <laughs> awesome. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't. I mean, it's kind of like if you went to the gym for two days and now you have this expectation in your mind that it's going to completely transform the body. Two, right. two days and it won't really do much of anything. Right. But if, if you consistently keep going over a long period of time, I guarantee you things will start shifting around. And it's the same thing with-, with Indeed. Money. So I am not ashamed to share that I'm one of those people that will start like the squat squat challenge. And you know, you're doing that for a couple of days and the next thing you know, I'm checking myself out in the mirror. It doesn't look any different, but in my mind, I think it does. But you know, but there you go, you know? Yeah. If only, you know, I could do like one hard crunch and then have that six pack, that would be, that would be awesome. But anyway. So now you talked about, because I absolutely hate the word budget and my mother will tell you that I have been adverse and resistant um, to that word probably my whole life. Um, so you mentioned, you called it something else. What was that term that you called it? A spending plan. A spending plan. See, that sounds a lot better. And I'm writing that, and I'm writing that down. It's the same thing. And I know it's just semantics, but, you know, budgets just sound so restrictive, mm -hmm. you know. And so I think that perhaps that's why a lot of people don't don't do it, because, you know, we all work hard and want things and need things and so on and so forth. And, you know, we have so many restrictions in life as it is, uh, particularly now during these uh, these covid times. Um, so now, how do we go about setting up a budget? Excuse me, a spending plan. I got you. 
so it, it all starts with just looking at income and expenses and so just start off looking at your gross income and then you just start reducing off your tax exposure um you know if you're employed by someone you have group benefits that you're responsible for contributions to your retirement account um, but then you got lifestyle expenses as well you got a lot of times you may have a mortgage to pay mm-hmm. you all got to eat to, to continue living right you got bills to pay cell phone uh, nowadays, Amazon Prime, et cetera. And so. Ooh, Amazon. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, we can go on a whole nother tangent with that. We um, could. <laughs> we could. And so, you know, you, you look at your income, once you've reduced out all of those expenses, ideally, there's going to be a surplus of dollars left over. Hopefully. And that, those are yes. opportunity do- dollars for your spending plan. To where it's like, all right, now, now we know what we have left over. Let's make sure that we give those dollars a very specific assignment to go to do something. Otherwise, they'll still go do something anyway, mm-hmm. but they more than likely probably won't be what you would like for them to do right. over a peak of time once you reflect back on it. I'm, I'm going to point out, you, you have a wonderful way with words. And so I'm going to point out another another. Um, little phrase that you just threw out opportunity dollars i love that that just sounds great it just sounds so much better than than what it is you know instead of just saying it's what's left over you know mm-hmm. because i think again when you say opportunity dollars that kind of puts you in a mindset as you were saying in the beginning about changing your mindset about you know what do i really want to accomplish with this with what with this surplus with what is happening what opportunities can i give myself or my family and those opportunities can be anything so it could be you know a shopping spree could be or it could be travel or it could be investing in in something or other and and waiting for those dividends but when you frame it in the terms of opportunity i think you can expand you expand the possibilities for what those dollars can do. So, you know, of course I'm gonna be, you know, like I said, I'm taking notes. So if anybody is, if y'all are watching me, you see that I have my head down because I am vigorously scribbling um, in my notes, taking notes. Um, So yes, a spending plan and opportunity dollars, love it. So now, when we're talking, since we're talking this month about Um, self-care one of the tenets of self-care is that self-care should not be stressful right Um, but money is a huge stressor for people for a lot of different reasons and in a lot of different ways Um, and one of the things and we talked about um, you know when I researched about a budget or a spending plan was about um, you know taking kind of ownership of that and reviewing it and revising it and as I was reading those paragraphs, my anxiety and stress level went up because, you know, I don't want to spend all of my time, you know, I don't, I don't want to spend every waking hour thinking about nickels and dimes. Um, but, you know, of course, I recognize that it's important to, to look at it every now and again. So without stressing ourselves out, how often would you recommend that we review and or revise our budgets? Are there any events that should trigger that activity? Absolutely. And it's really those typical like life-changing events, if you will. Mm-hmm. So anytime you um, have like a change of employment or if you're starting a business, selling a business, maybe you bought a new house and now you got a different mortgage, you're utility bills are a little bit different mm-hmm. um, you may have grown your family and now you got an additional mouth to feed when you have another child mm-hmm. um, or the opposite maybe you lost somebody in your family and that income went out the door as well and so oh. in, anytime you have any of those events it's definitely worthwhile to go back and address your spending plan mm-hmm. excellent excellent see and, and you you took that a lot further than than I thought um, because I usually look at my budget whenever I do um, because you know as I have spoken about with um, previous self-care shows um, that I live and die by my planner and so every year I get a new one and as 
I'm transferring some things into the new planner, my budget is one of those things. And so that gives me an opportunity, albeit once a year, I know I should do more, um, but at least that once a year when I'm transferring numbers in and I'm looking at, um, at what I'm, you know, what I'm, what I'm allocating and where. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking, you know, just once a year, but I had not given, given thought to, I guess because those things are not happening for me, um, you know, I am, I'm married and, you know, I'm not having any more children or anything like that. And, you know, hopefully I will not change jobs. Um, but anyway, you know, that, that may happen, but hopefully not. Um, and so I hadn't thought about, you know, about those things. So, you know, definitely, you know, you want to pick a time um, when you review what your what your situation is from a financial health standpoint, just as you do from a, a physical and mental health standpoint. So every year you get your physical at least once a year, you should be looking at your financial health as well. Now, my next question um, is what are some tips for teaching your children about financial self-care? Um, because, you know, and I will say, I give credit to my mother. She tried, bless her heart, um, to teach me about a budget. And, you know, she drilled it in and, you know, the words did get through. I didn't follow them, but, you know, that's a whole nother story. Maybe I'll bring her on and she'll tell you about how unruly uh, I can be. Um, or maybe I won't do that. But, you know, just kind of having tips for for really teaching your children and helping them to develop healthy financial, healthy money habits early in life that will carry them through. Um, because I think from generation to generation, we definitely um, should build and not have our children learning from scratch every single generation. Um, you know, I think that that is one of the um one of the ways that we build generational wealth is to have our children start at least on step two and not on step one as, as we may have. Um, so what, what kind of tips would you advise for teaching your children um, financial self-care? Um, so it's going to vary depending on the age of the child. So mm -hmm. for example, a very practical example of this I share is with my son. Mm -hmm. So I put up his brokerage account that he has. And, and how old is your son? So he's seven years seven. old. Seven, okay. And so I, I started walking through some of the holdings inside of his brokerage account. And so when we walk around our neighborhood, and I'm teaching him some of the different vehicles uh, that mm -hmm. are out and about. So, you know, okay. Toyota, et cetera, uh, Ford. And so he owns some Ford. Uh, partly just because your name is last name is <laughs> that's cute yeah <laughs> and so I, I pulled up the logo and immediately he shouted it out and so I'm, I'm in the process now of teaching him how to identify ticker songs uh, mm -hmm. on, on the account so he immediately knows wow um, nice Net, Netflix is another example so mm -hmm. you know, NFLX and so he uses Netflix where he uses our remote you know speaking to it all the time so it's like that's mm -hmm. Netflix and so you can see the excitement where he digesting it, he understands and he's learning. And then of wow. course the next start teaching him like how to identify like you know when to buy something, you know why, why you're buying it, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. So that, that's just one example of something to do with your child. That's amazing, and you know, and that that is one of the things of. Um, and you know, I want you to continue, of course, but just one of the things of investing in what you use. You know, um, instead of, um, you know, instead of your your cash flow always going out, you know, because, of course, Netflix costs money. Um, but if you invest in Netflix, you may be getting some of that money back in, in way of dividends. So that's a great way um, of looking at that. But continue on with, with other things for, for teaching children. Uh, certainly. Uh, another one would be just finding age-appropriate books. Mm -hmm. um, speak to them to where they can understand and I digest things and one, one book I, i've come to really like and i think i may have mentioned it before it's called reading your stay broke uh, the author is mark mark jackson and it's essentially just it's told in storage format to where there's the main character in the book and he's just essentially getting introduced to various people that are covering different topics around money mm. Uh, investment manager, an accountant or CPA, um, an attorney.
attorney, et cetera, et cetera, just different people that are attached to money in some way, shape, or form. And it's very practical. It's an easy read. Um, I, I, I usually recommend people to read that book with their children. And what was the title of that book again? Uh, read Me or Stay Broke. Read Me or Stay Broke. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like it. I'm going to look that up. Read Me or Stay Broke. Well, that That's quite to the point now, isn't it? <laughs> And of course, you know, um, setting up, um, you know, helping your children to set up a a spending plan. Um, You know, I know for my daughter, who is is recently 14, um, you know, one of the things that she has learned just through, um, you know, through example is about saving her money and spending her money. Just that basic thing. So, you know, of course, and I was the exact same way. And so it's funny how history repeats itself. When I was spending my mother's money, it was unlimited or it it seemed like it should have been. Right. Um, You know, it was I want this and that and the other. And, you know, I didn't always get those things, but I didn't think anything about wanting it. I had no reservation about that. Right. Um, But then when I had to start spending my own allowance, and I had to start earning my own money, it became drastically different um, what I would spend it on. And and my Spencer is learning that as well. So she goes out to the mall. She's at that age now where going to the mall with her friends instead of with her mom is the thing to do. And that's fine. My feelings aren't hurt by that at all. Um, But, you know, she texts me about these things and she's like, well, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And I'm like, you know, hey, you know, they both look great. Which one are you going to get? And she is looking, you know, she's looking at price tags now. Right. And she's looking at the sale rack now because she's spending her own money and she's deciding, you know, is this worth is this worth the the investment in this or or is it not? And, you know, and I'm happy to see that she is is developing that. Um, and, you know, and she has has a healthy um, saving habit as well. And she even mentioned to me um, about buying stock, which prompted a conversation that she already has a brokerage account. Um, and so I showed her showed her that and what she owns and, and, you know, and all of that. And so, you know, there are ways, you know, just around you don't have to have a lot of money. Um, to start having this conversation with your children. Um, You know, I definitely think that starting with a savings account and teaching them um, how to save their money. So, you know, for example, if you want to give your child $10 instead of giving a $10 bill, give 10 $1 bills. So that way you can separate those $1 bills and and figure out, okay, well, you want to put this much into your savings and you want to donate this much and you want to put this much you know you want to spend this much so that way you have a visual you know because children are very very visual um, about um, you know what it is that that you want to do with that ten dollars and your child will quickly learn once they can do math um, you know they will quickly learn you know the cost of things versus the price of things and mm-hmm. and what they you know how they want to allocate um, their dollars and I think that goes a long way a tremendous way Uh, in teaching our children about their finances. So in our closing moments, any last tips or tricks or anything that you would like to add about our financial self-care and financial wellness? Um, I I just say that, you know, stay encouraged. A lot of times I know money and finance is a trigger to create a lot of stress and anxiety. Most certainly. Most certainly. And regardless of where you're at on the journey, you know, more than likely, it's probably not too late. It's just going to require some intentionality behind where you're looking to go. Definitely. Gra- Definitely. Grab the arms. You know, don't just sit on your hands and actually do something to improve your situation. Exactly. I love that. That's that's great. As always, thank you so much for being a part of our show. 
ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brian Ford of Northwestern Mutual. And he will be back with us next month. We're going to continue our uh, roadmap to retirement. We took a little deviation this month um, to kind of go into the self-care vein. But we'll be back together next month to continue our road to retirement. Mr. Ford, thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Bye-bye. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. That was a great segment. Those are always great segments with with our friend uh, from Northwestern Mutual. So, you know, just before we take a break, I'm going to give you some examples of um, 30 minute weekly financial routines that you can participate in. So on a daily basis, you can check your bank account because most of us have um, mobile apps and that kind of thing. And you can just kind of check in and, and look at what came through, what hit your account the day before. Um, that is a good way to keep on top of not only your daily balance, but also your spending, but also to find if there are any errors or fraudulent activity that's going against your account. Um, if you just kind of just take a few minutes every day just to kind of glance it over and, and, and just, you know, look at it. Um, you can also review your bill due dates and payments and also um, set auto drafts if that is a possibility, um, either from your banking institution or from your billing institution, wherever this bill is coming from. You can review your financial goals um, and say, you know, I want to save XYZ or I want to pay off this debt. Um, and then again, that's the large goal. So, you know, going back to our lessons from last week, that is the large goal. And we're going to break that large goal into smaller action steps that we can take positive action on and have wins and encourage us to continue on in that journey. Um, definitely want to go over your budget. Um, because one of the things that I'll, I'll share um, for me, one of the things that has been helpful to me in reviewing my bills is, you know, calling like, for example, my cell phone carrier, because I see that, you know, you're giving new people this discount, but I've been with you for some time and doesn't my loyalty count for anything. And if the answer to that question is no, then I start shopping for a new love. Right. So, you know, change your cell phone carrier to get the best deal or your internet carrier or your cable, you know, whatever, whatever it is, um, you know, you can do that and may save a dollar or two. Another way that I saved um, a tremendous amount of money in this past year is with my health insurance. So as you all know, I am self-employed and so I pay for my health insurance in, in, its, in its entirety myself. Um, and so by shopping around my insurance, carrier, I managed to save several hundred dollars every month off of my premium, which is huge um, because that's something, of course, that you, you know, you have to have, you should have, you definitely need. There we go. And you also want to check your credit report because there may be things on your credit that are erroneous or there may be things that are old. So for example, um, if you have anything negative on your credit that is over a certain number of years old, um, you know, that hasn't fallen off your credit, you can request that that information be removed. And I wanna say it's seven years that it has to be um, more than seven years old um, to be on your credit, but I will check that to make sure that that is true. Um, but you know, just to kind of go over that, because again, that may improve your credit score, which improves um, your lendability, right? Um, and will give you lower interest rates. So you're not paying as much for the things um, that you, for money that you may borrow for whatever reason. All righty. Again, that was a great topic about self-care. I feel better. I hope you all feel better too. And so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up this week's show. I am Dr. Carissa, and you are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We'll be right back. Why choose Just for Pets Wellness Center? Compassionate pet care services featuring an experienced veterinary team to superior customer service in a caring and friendly environment. We offer individual attention and tailored treatment for each pet. Visit our website for more information at www.justthenumber4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. 
sure to listen to The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell, a podcast that explores emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In The Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hi, I'm Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and I'm here to help you make sense of medicine. Join me every Thursday at 11 a.m. for clear, informative conversations about health issues. Don't be intimidated by fancy medical speak. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on Real 1100 a.m. Learn what questions to ask your doctor about your medical conditions. Then let's talk about your health. Is Destiny's Child with Bills, Bills, Bills. That was just that was that was a little good song, good little bop there. But anyway, um, yes, it would be nice to have someone else to to pay your bills. But I think with with everything, again, you have to look at the price versus the cost, right? But anyway, moving on. So in closing this week, uh, we're going to close out as we always do with our vitamin C. And today's vitamin C is about uh, representation, right? So the person that I'm going to tell you all about today said this, and I'm, I'm going to tell you who they are in just a second. But the quote is, beauty is health and health is beauty. Hmm, I never thought about that that way, but okay. So I have always adored fashion. I, I love every bit of it. Shoes, purses, access, other accessories, clothes. Love it. Uh, when I was a little girl, I loved pouring over the pages of Ebony and Jet magazine. For those of you who are old enough to remember um, those, um, those publications. And I loved seeing um, the beautiful images that looked like me or looked like what I wanted to look like, I guess I could say, um, that were presented in those pages, right? But there were one, one or two publications in addition to Ebony and Jet um, that were just a must for me, right? Um, and so as a kid, my discretionary funds, or as I, the term I learned from Mr. Brian Ford, uh, my opportunity dollars um, were limited. And, and largely consumed by trips to the candy store and to the ice cream truck. That's okay. Those are good memories. Um, but I also would save a little bit of my money to buy two magazines. The first magazine that I would buy, or publication, I think I would say, the first that I would buy would be the September edition of Vogue magazine. Even as, as a kid, when I could read, I, could, I would do that. And the second one was the Spiegel catalog. Now, again, I'm aging myself because I don't even know if Spiegel even exists anymore um, or that catalog. But anyway, so now why do I point out the Spiegel catalog? Because way back then, the Spiegel catalog cost money to buy. So you either had to have the credit card and they would send that to you or you could buy it. And the Spiegel catalog, I remember very clearly, was $10. It came out twice a year once in the fall and once in the spring. And it was $10, which for me as a kid was a tremendous investment in, in, you know, in a book, right? So there were two things that were true um, at that time, right? So number one was there were few, if any people that looked like me in those publications. And two, the more poignant uh, point to our financial uh, wellness segment today is that I could afford zero of the things that I saw in those pages but nevertheless I would put together little outfits and you know add it up and figure out how much it costs and then you know again just be dismayed because I couldn't afford that there was just no way that I was going to have have those outfits 
because uh, the truth of the matter is I could barely afford the magazines. Um, but anyway, enter Andre Leon Talley, who is the person that I quoted when we started this vitamin C segment. Mr. Talley started at Vogue in 1983 and would shortly thereafter, within a few years, uh, rise in the ranks to become its creative director and ultimately serve as its editor at large. Now, for those of you who don't follow fashion or fashion magazines, um, these were big deal positions because he and his team um, would decide who and what made it into the pages of the magazine uh, and who and what would be on the cover. So, as a man of literal and figurative stature, he made history in the fashion industry as a rare black face in a position of power in an overwhelmingly white industry. So why do I mention him? Well, a few days ago, he passed away at the age of 73. After a lifetime of championing, championing black models and designers, for inclusion in the fashion world. He was most certainly a force for diversity in fashion and is, if I may say, single-handedly responsible for many of the prominent African-American and, and people of color um, models and designers that we know today. So I'll give you um, a couple names, for example. Naomi Campbell, like the famous fashion model and Sean Combs, also known as P. Diddy or whatever name he's going by. But after getting into the rap world, he decided to get into the fashion world and was largely supported um, and encouraged by Mr. Talley, which is huge for someone who works at Vogue, which is like the pinnacle of fashion magazines, right? That is the Bible, if you will. And so with him being a force for diversity and inclusion in fashion and actually using his influence to make that happen, that just makes him, you know, just an icon in fashion and in black history. Um, and, and, and just to those of us who follow and love fashion, you know, his passing this week um, was most certainly um, major and, and noted. And so, you know, I will close today with a rest in peace, rest in power, Brother Andre. And then to say to you, representation matters. Thank you once again for joining me this week for my favorite hour of the week. And I hope that you will join me again next week on Thursday at 11 a.m. right here in the WWE Real 1100 studio. Until we meet again, my friends, take care of yourselves, be good to each other, be good to yourself, and take care. See you next week. This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week. Music